0: NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by MyBookie.ag. Winning season continues at MyBookie, and they're now offering a free $20 bet with the promo code SGP20. That's MyBookie.ag, promo code SGP20, to get a free $20 bet with your first deposit we also brought to you by Thrive Fantasy. Thrive Fantasy is a new daily fantasy sports app built specifically for player props. Download the app in the App Store and use promo code SGP for an instant deposit match up to $50. That's thrivefantasy.com, promo code SGP. Sign up and prop up today. We're also brought to you by Ace Per Head. Ace is the leader in pay-per-head providers, and they make it super easy to start your own sportsbook. Plus, Ace is offering up to six weeks free over at aceperhead.com slash SGP, that's ace, perhead.com, slash SGP. And finally, we're brought to you by Sean Green. Sean Green's latest comedy album, This Loss Hurts Us All, is now available everywhere. iTunes, Apple Music, Spotify, and wherever you get your comedy. Hello and welcome to the NBA Gambling Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan, Rich Fat Baby McKee. It is a warm November 10th morning where I'm at in North Carolina. My uh co-host Zach is joining me from New York. How is the weather there?
1: It's it's amazing. It's uh it's 73 out right now, I think, so get a chance Jeez. to get some November golf in. It is Masters Week, so definitely Check out all the SGPN uh, Masters content, Golf Gambling Podcast, Sports SportsGamblingPodcast.com. Um, but yeah, the craziest thing is, it feels like we just put an NBA season to bed, and now we have an NBA draft at about eight days here.
0: I know. I do not follow college basketball much at all, so I've been really cramming for this draft. You're right, it feels like I was, we were just neck deep in the finals, which we've, pretty much were, and now we have to get ready for the draft, free agency, and already apparently the start of the new season again because word has come out that it seems like the Players Association has agreed to a deal that would have the season started on the 22nd, right?
1: Yeah, and I think it was really interesting how that played out because I think it kind of shows how dire the situation was financially, in my opinion, that the player like the players, all they wanted really from what it seemed like in those early press press battles was to extend the off season by about two weeks to Martin Luther King day. And mm-hmm. the fact that they were, you know, I don't know how the negotiation played out or didn't play out, but the fact that they couldn't even get that consider- consideration from the ownership. Like, I think the fact that how compressed this off season is going to be shows how the the financial situation is clearly not great. I think, it seems like they want to get this season over with as quickly as possible to hopefully get back to a normal offseason and then have fans in the arenas and get back to normal the following season. Um, but yeah, very- yeah, I mean,
0: I see it from the owner's perspective in the sense that, OK, it's clear we're not going to have fans in the arenas at least to start maybe towards the playoffs things will change so you're right let's get this season going let's make as much money off as we can off the tv contracts let's not lose that money and then hopefully the cap won't take such a hit and we can get back on track as normal 2021-2022 season
1: yeah exactly and i think but like to me that just shows you like this season is is going to be about just salvaging as much money as possible like like you said like the, the, the fact that they couldn't even wait potentially two more weeks. Like it seems like they're basically going for as short an off season as reasonably possible. I mean, l- like we said, like this draft is, you know, in eight days, free agency starts the day after that. Then there's only about a 10 day grace period until training camps open on December 1st. Um, and then you'll have three weeks of, of training camp. So we are going to be, I think, trending into the waters again of like we were before the bubble, like, oh, do you want teams that have continuity going into this year because of the shortened off season and potential added difficulties of COVID? Do you want a younger team because they can play more back-to-backs? Um, so it's still it's going to be another weird season. And Another thing to mention, I mean, home court advantage, we're still not going to have that most likely. I mean, we're going to have to recalibrate that from a handicapping perspective, um, and that'll definitely be an interesting trend for us to follow in the beginning of the year. Um
0: Also, another thing that I've read is they're talking about as they make the schedule, rather than teams like, say, the Lakers having to fly two different times to, say, Denver over the season, they would play Denver on a Friday night, stay in Denver, and play them again on Sunday. So that's going to really change handicapping because if for whatever reason LeBron is sitting out two of those games probably you know we're definitely going to see more load management i think that's a given so i don't know i in a way i feel like that can almost help us handicap the second game easier is that crazy to say? No, I think it's it's going to be like these mini series, right? Where
1: you like watch the mm-hmm. first game play out and then you think and then you're making direct adjustments. So it kind of have that playoff series type feel. Another thing that that's going to be weird about it too is like you mentioned with that weird scheduling, like I'm sure the Lakers and the Clippers are going to play each other like 6 or 8 times and like the Knicks and the Nets are going to play each other, you know, like 6 or 8 times. Um, Mm. potentially playing your division or your regional counterparts an outsized share of your games to limit travel and limit COVID exposure across the country. So like for some teams that's going to hurt. I mean, like Philly, Boston, Toronto, Brooklyn, they might have, they might all be playing each other a ton, you know, golden state Clippers, Lakers, they might be playing each other a ton. So that's going to be something also when the schedule drops to tune into with win totals, because, it's not going to be the same consistent sample of everyone in the league that you that you play against it's likely that you're going to be playing an outside share of your games against a specific known group of teams so that's also going to be an it's going to be a another it's going not it's not the same as the bubble but it's also not going to be you know your ho hum regular nba season
0: absolutely not i think there's still a number of machinations we have to yeah. consider before really diving into projecting this season I'm there's going to be so much for us to talk about over the next month and a half from fantasy standpoints from player props you know I, you got to feel like there will be more You've, we've seen the NFL have a significant amount of more injuries from their inability to have a training camp I imagine with the league less rest for the NBA, they're going to be dealing with similar things. Um, They're going to be, there's not going to be the consistency with, because players aren't going to have as much time to get used to new teams, blah, blah, blah. Rookies, I think will take a bigger hit. We were so excited about the rookies the last couple of seasons and how well they came in and prepared for the NBA level this is already a questionable draft i imagine that's not going to be as exciting that's going to be even harder for them i you know i'm just spitballing here i haven't really thought this all out but yeah there's just going to be so many different things to consider it'll be both frustrating and fun because fucking anything can happen
1: yeah exactly i mean look if you if if you have your two stars i mean test positive for covid and they're out for 2 weeks that could that could fuck up your whole season i mean it's not like the nfl where you maybe you maybe miss one game, but you can tinker with the buy. Like it's it's likely that if you if you are out for two weeks with COVID, you're probably missing what you know six seven games. Um, yeah, and now you're in a seventy two game season, so yeah, it's going to be an absolute an absolute wild west of an NBA season. So, um, but we'll we'll be picking every game every day, so
0: we we will know if we yeah. figure it out or not. <laughs> 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 yeah, keep a careful eye on us because uh, we'll be doing our best. So in that spirit, there have been some sports books that have released win totals for this season, which kind of blows my mind that we're already talking win totals for the next season. But uh, you, you sent it out on the Basketball Slack channel. If you're not already part of our Slack channel, please go to sg.pn slash slack and and join because there's going to be a ton for us to be talking about over the next month, and you don't want to miss any of that. We can only talk about it so much on the podcast. You shared uh, some totals from the Westgate. Any of these just really jump off the page at you. I assume you you've you've probably studied it a little more than I have.
1: Yeah, I, I think. In terms of stuff jumping off the page, I think like it's it's gonna take a second to recalibrate to the 72 game season because all of these are like slightly lower than you'd expect, you know, because there's 10 mm-hmm. less games. Um, but you know, no surprise, a, a couple that I liked off the bat. I liked Houston,
0: 41 and a half. I like that over. Um, I, I still Houston 41 and a half, despite really that being thrown a lot of their roster being thrown in flux I
1: mean I mean is their roster really thrown into flux I I don't feel like any of the rumors about Harden being traded are coming out of that camp I think it's more been you know whether it's the Sixers camp or whether it's Daryl Morey saying they'd be interested in acquiring James Harden but I think news out of Houston specifically is that um, they're they're happy to run it back with Harden I mean I don't think they have really any choice I don't think I don't think trading Harden makes sense at this point. Uh, I th- thought they were a really good team last year. So like with James Harden, you are a good regular season team, you know, assuming mm-hmm. you're decently competent elsewhere. So 41 and a half, I mean, I guess so. That, that would make them 41 and 31. I, I think they could probably be a little better than that. So I, I like that over yep.
0: – um, and then, that's a good, that's a good, I, I feel like that is a good take because just looking at this real quickly, that is uh, two games less than the Warriors who are at 43 and a half. That's two games less than the Nuggets who are at 43 and a half, two games less than the Nets, um, you know, so that that's a pretty good number right there if, yeah. if you're looking at it in comp- comparison to those teams who are at similar levels.
1: Yeah, and I just don't see what's so bad about this Rockets team. I, I, I get that Daryl Morey left, but... You know, I I think Steven, Steven Silas, like he is an exciting young head coach, engineered the greatest offense in NBA history last year with the Dallas Mavericks. You could see, you know, the Rockets kind of grow up a little bit offensively, maybe do something a little bit other than what's been so predictable. So I I like this Houston team. I think I'm going to zig while most people are zagging. I think it's like the general trend is kind of just bury this team because they got embarrassed in the playoffs. Um but i you know i thought they were right there uh you know after winning game 1 against the lakers that series obviously came off the wheels for them quickly um another one other one i i, I thought was a, a pretty good look was suns over over uh 34 and a half uh, that
0: oh i didn't want to say it and be accused of a homer but no. it did i i did my eyes immediately went towards it yeah
1: and and mind keep in mind i mean that that has them projected as an under 500 team um you know, I think the West is going to be really difficult, but, but this team looks like they can definitely get to 500 with significant upside above that. I'd say if, if Devin Booker and DeAndre are are healthy all year Um, and look there, if you want to say the the angle for this year is that you want younger teams who are going to be more equipped to handle the dynamic scheduling and potentially a more cramped up schedule. Um, You're, I'm assuming you're going to have much less practice time now because of, you don't want all that potential COVID exposure, um, so, and, and so yeah, I think I, I'm not saying for sure that I favor young teams this year, but
0: um, definitely like that Suns over late fall college ball the nba bubble ufc fight island it is clear that 2020 has been a year unlike any other which is why you need a sports book with offers unlike any other get some skin in the game with my bookie where odds boosts lightning deals and free breaths await all all season long and with turkey day right around the corner there's no better time to feast on some nfl action Sign up or get reloaded today. Find an edge, make your bet, and get paid. Make the right play and sign up at mybookie.ag. And when you do, use promo code SGP to get your deposit matched halfway all the way up to a thousand bucks. The terms are simple you put in $200, and they'll match you another $100 in your account. It's winning season at MyBookie, so join in on the fun and win some cash while you're at it. You, I mean, you're right. You would think that you would also want to favor young teams, but also teams with consistency and a head coach that you trust because there will be less practice time. I feel like the Suns fall into that camp with Monty Morris, and they shouldn't Williams. be making any – I'm sorry. Yeah. Monty Williams. Uh, they shouldn't be making any, like, too crazy of uh, moves here to really uh, affect their roster. Uh, and some teams that are in this – let's say in the suns range or at least finished in the suns range last season you've got the grizzlies at 31 and a half the trailblazers at 37 and a half definitely like that suns number then i like that trailblazers number at 37 and a half pelicans at 36 and a half why are the pelicans 2 games better than the suns Yeah, that makes no sense. um then and then you got the timberwolves though at way down at 27 and a half that feels low to me compared to those other teams
1: Yeah, it definitely does does look a little bit low on first glance. Um, Obviously, worry about their defense um, and worry about being in the Western Conference. Um, But, yeah, their offensive upside is definitely higher than that. Um, I think definitely it's going to be really worth paying attention to how this schedule looks because there's a chance that all these teams in the West are just beating the shit out of each other all year, and it really compresses the standings towards 500. If that makes sense, mm-hmm. um, yes. Like I, I could, I could see like Lakers, Clippers, Nuggets, Mavericks, Warriors, maybe even Rockets, like all being very similar headed into the playoffs. I was listening to um, to uh, Dunked on the Nate Duncan, Danny LaRue show, and they were talking about how, yeah, look, if if the NBA playoffs don't have fans, or if they're at a neutral site bubble again. Why does it really matter to push for the one seed? I mean, you're going to have to beat the same teams regardless. So that was an interesting Mm -hmm. take, I think, um, that as long as you get in the playoffs, like it's not like you're going to have to go into Staples Center on a Friday night, you know, packed arena. Like at best, they're socially distanced, you know, 15% full arenas. So um, the playoff push might not be as intense.
0: I I agree with that. And in that same vein, when you think about teams that had such a wonderful home court advantage because of their fans, like the seventy sixers, we saw their home road splits last year, were crazy how yeah. much better at home they were. They have a number at forty three and a half. They're not gonna have their fans there. That feels like an immediate fade to me.
1: Yeah, that 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 that's a that's a great point. Like and I think it's it'll be interesting because like the, the the Philly home court advantage disappears because like there's no fans, but the Denver Utah home court advantage like if home court advantage drops across the board, but you still have the altitude home court advantages, maybe like yep. you get a extra benefit on that.
0: Um, yeah, I mean the Utah fans are still assholes, so <laughs> I, I imagine that'll that'll be a, of a bit of a step down on home court advantage, but still, certainly their altitude is there. Yeah,
1: I mean, I, I definitely do think because of the need to scrap up any revenue that's possible, um, like where there can be fans, based on what the government is saying, I'm assuming there will be fans. I mean, I don't think mm-hmm. the NBA, well,
0: I, yeah, we've seen it in the NFL, been able to keep raising the number of fans they're allowed to have in their stadiums. Obviously a lot of those are outdoors, but you would think these state, stadium- these arenas are big enough that they can still maintain proper social distancing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I, I just think like they will, they will be grasping at every single possible ounce of revenue that they can find as it pertains to this season. So um, yeah, it should be really interesting. Do you want to, do you want to talk, start talking about the draft a little bit? I know it's,
0: Yeah, yeah, so um, I don't think there's any other ones I wanted to talk about as far as win totals. Oh, you know what? Last one I want to talk about are win totals, and then we'll jump right into the draft stuff because I know we have a lot to cover. San Antonio Spurs, 28 and a half. That's one of the lowest on the sheet. I know that they're in rebuilding mode. They still have Popovich there. They still have that system. I don't know. I mean, DeRozan and Aldridge are still on the team as of now. Yeah,
1: that is, that's such an interesting number because that could so easily go either way. Like, if they if they keep it together and just, like you said, they still have Popovich, if they try to win now, I think the San Antonio brand gets you over 28 and a half wins. Um, yeah. yeah. Even in this uh coveted season, but yeah, they could, they could, but I could also see them being a smart organization and saying, we have legitimately zero chance of winning of winning this western conference or even making even making the finals or even making the conference finals. So I would recommend they they it seems like a really good year to tank in my opinion. Um with the amount of teams that have a pressure to win now, um you know, I think they, they could really benefit by
0: tanking it out, but
1: yeah, the, that that that's very yeah. shocking to see first first team.
0: Yeah, I still feel like they have enough young talent even if they got rid of DeRozan and if say they gave away DeRozan and Aldridge just for future draft picks they got nothing back they still have such an interesting young core and they draft so well so whoever they're getting in this draft is going to be a contributing member of that team I feel like pride alone will take them to 29 wins yeah but hey well again there's so much in the air that we have to talk about so let's not get too into the weeds there okay So let's set this up. For the last week, our crew at Sports Gambling Podcast Network, our our guys on uh NBA Slack, we've been doing a NBA mock draft. What I tried to do is I tried to assign our different writers uh, NBA fans, like teams that they really follow, and allow them to make the uh, pick for their team in our mock draft. I'm not sure, you know, none of us are, none of us has any insider information. None of us are necessarily high level experts on the NBA. We all have other jobs, <laughs> but we are hardcore fans, and so I do think that that counts for something. And we're also all gamblers, so. Uh, I, I do feel like that brings some different thought processes into this. Um, I don't know. What did you think we're going to, I'm going to publish by the time you listen to this, the full mock draft should be published. Uh, I wanted to ask you what you thought about the exercise having been involved in it. I thought it
1: was really fun. Um, yeah, it was, it was, it it was really, I've never seen anything done like that. So kudos to you for putting it together. First of all, um, And yeah, it was great to get everyone involved. I thought it's, it's, and it did show, it shows how, how varied opinions are out there in like the universe. This was only whatever, 25 guys, but like each pick kind of went in a different direction. I was absolutely shocked that LaMelo Ball fell to fourth um, in this draft, considering I I would make him surefire the best player in this draft. Um, But it just like, it shows how varied the opinions out there and that's exactly what's going on in the NBA, you know, with all these general managers they're, you know, not everyone is, is working off of the, you know, ESPN draft board and just following it to a T. There's very, very different opinions out there in the, in the multiverse. So it, w- it was fun to yeah. see that come together.
0: Well, I think that this draft especially was a good one to do this exercise yeah. because there are no consensus top, you know, there's no cons- consensus top pick. There's not even consensus top three to five. You know, it kind of goes different ways. Um, just you know, looking at the very top, and then we can start talking about the gambling odds as well. We ha- uh, Colby Dant was representing the Timberwolves. He took Anthony Edwards, who is across the board right now the favorite wherever you look. gambling's eyes we have him right now at minus 200 to be the first overall pick um we have uh our guy John lee he picked james weissman for the warriors which i think was a very interesting pick for them weissman is plus 450 to go first overall he's plus 125 to go second or third and then this really took me by surprise, but I know a lot of people like him. I feel like maybe fans like him more than general managers, but I don't know. Obi Toppin from Dayton, who has a 12-1 uh, to 1 odds to go second or third overall. He was taken for the Charlotte Hornets by a guy, Adam Pelletier. Initial reactions, you've already said you can't believe that LaMelo Ball... Uh, fell to four but what are your initial reactions on those top three
1: yeah i mean i think we could definitely start and bring in the gambling odds here i mean i do not understand why anthony edwards is the favorite to be the number one overall pick in this draft and in prepping for this podcast i got down on on Lamelo ball first overall pick and i got down on anthony edwards over 1.5 um in terms of draft pick selection i.e you'd be going two or later i mean if you if you checked out Jonathan Gavoni and Mike Schmitz, their reporting over at ESPN yesterday um, was very very confident that that Lamelo Ball will be the number one overall pick in this draft, whether that's by Minnesota or by teams trying to trade up to gum get Lamelo. Um, they, they, they like and, and for that reason, I mean, I was absolutely shocked that Anthony Edwards was is the betting favorite to go first overall. I understand he's. Theoretically, a better positional fit with Minnesota, um, but um, you know, a lot of concern about Anthony Edwards at his pro day did not look good. Did not show up in shape. Questions about his motor.
0: Um, and yeah, did I, you I, watch I, him much in college? Sorry, what you say? Did you watch him much at Georgia?
1: Yeah, and look, he had he had a he, very up and down season. Obviously, the highlight of his year was that game against Michigan State in Maui. Um, where, and that was really early in the year, but, you know, that was an absolutely electric performance, I, and I, of course, Anthony Edwards, extremely talented player, don't mean to disparage the kid at all, um, that game, he had 37 hitting ridiculous pull-up threes, blocking shots, like, legitimately making everything, it was like a special performance, Um had a few other games like that, in SEC play, I think he ended up averaging around 20 points, and his athleticism is very heralded, Mike Schmitz, um, Again, he had reporting that Anthony Edwards testing for athleticism at the, at the, his own combine was absolutely off the charts in terms of leaping ability and that kind of thing. But look, I, I just think I put a premium on primary creators and I think LaMelo Ball
0: is the best player in this class. And I, I, I think he's he sees the floor like his brother. Right. I mean, he can make passes and he plays the game his basketball IQ is just not like most other players. Yeah. It's extremely I feel bad. like his, and while you have to deal with a lot of potential negatives being his attitude, being his father, you got to take the guy with the highest ceiling when there's not a clear cut. Number one.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. And look, what, what you're looking for in this spot is like, you know, your Luka Doncic type player who's going to be your, Go to offensive fulcrum running pick and roll for you. And yes, Anthony Edwards has extreme upside as a scorer, but Lamello Ball's passing ability, his ball handling, his vision, his length, uh, he's six foot seven, extremely long launch, potential to add a lot of muscle to that frame. Um, he and he's already comfortable shooting, you know, high difficulty pull up threes, step back threes off the dribble, the stuff that gives him more offensive upside than Lonzo Ball. Um, and what and we've yeah. been saying with Lonzo Ball, I mean, if he, if he was able to do more off the dribble in terms of creating for himself, he'd be an absolutely elite player. So, um, but I, I just think to bring it back to who is likely to go first overall, I mean, the reporting I've seen, and it, it's not just Gavoni and Schmitz, John Hollinger and others have said, you know, Lamella Ball is the favorite to go number one, whether that's to Minnesota, if they eventually come around to it, or other teams trading up, seeking that player then you, you bring it back to the second overall pick. I mean, I, I like James Wiseman at two. I think he fits in really nicely with the Warriors. Um, they they need a big. He, I think, is a relatively safe prospect in terms of he had he's seven one athletic and can
0: finish. I mean, how bad can that player be? I, I agree with you. He fits so well with that Warriors organization. But when talking about let's real quick, let's bring it back to just straight value in the gambling odds right here. Is it possible? We've got Weissman right now at plus 450 to go first overall. Obviously, if Minnesota stays in that number one spot, there's no way they take him because they already have Cat. But could there be a team chasing an athletic big like that who's willing to trade up and take him first overall?
1: Yeah. I mean, there there have been rumors definitely that Charlotte – because. It, the if you if you i guess parse through the reporting right now the most logical scenario is Minnesota wants to trade back and Golden State and Charlotte both want Wiseman um they both need a big mm. so there has been some talk about a you know the hornets trading Miles Bridges and 3 for number 1 um maybe to go get Wiseman so yeah i mean look i i think i think James Wiseman is more likely at one than Anthony Edwards i'll i'll, I'll say that um
0: Wow, so there's just no value Anthony Edwards at minus 200. You would take Mello at plus 140 or Weissman at plus 450.
1: Yeah, and and look, I could have egg on my face for saying this. I I really do not think Anthony Edwards is going one in this draft. Not only do I think that would be a mistake for my own evaluation, just the reporting I've read, it does not seem like he's the— I I think— In order of likelihood, I would say it's LaMelo, Weisman, Edwards. I think those are your top three, no doubt. I don't want to get too extreme in dropping Edwards down, but I don't think he goes one. Um, But yeah, definitely a ton of possibilities because Minnesota is definitely amenable to trading back. Golden State, obviously they want to trade back if the right value is there, so... You know, we could, be, we could end up, when these picks are being made, it's not even Minnesota and Golden State anymore making them. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting.
0: Another quick break, and we'll be right back. Come prop up on Thrive Fantasy this season. Thrive Fantasy is a daily fantasy sports app for player props. With Thrive, you can eliminate the countless hours of research and focus only on the top tier athletes that have the biggest impact on the game. If you're playing an NFL contest, all you have to do is choose 10 out of 20 available player props to build your lineup. Each prop is assigned a fantasy value for the over and the under based on how likely it is to hit hit the most props, rack up the most points, to share a part of the prize pool. So use promo code SGP when you sign up today and you will receive an instant match up to $50 on your first deposit. Download Thrive Fantasy on the App Store or Play Store or by visiting their website, thrivefantasy.com. Sign up and prop up today and don't forget to use promo code SGP. Have you ever thought about starting your own sportsbook but don't know how? Ace Per Head is here to help you start your own sportsbook. They'll provide you with an all-inclusive, professional betting site with all the lines updated to the second and wagers graded immediately. They have top-notch customer support going 24-7, some of the sharpest lines in the industry. Plus, Ace Per Head offers live betting and an amazing mobile experience. Get started today, and Ace is offering up to six weeks free. Just go to aceperhead.com SGP. That's aceperhead.com slash SGP. In our mock draft, we have Obi Toppin going number three. To bet on him going second or third overall, uh, we're looking at 12 to 1 odds. You could probably find it at at different prices there. Is that worth throwing any money on? Is is there any way that you think Obi goes into the top three? I don't, and I I think... I think I thought this was a little
1: high for Obi, in my opinion. He is he's one of the older players. So I think if you're looking to draft for upside, I think he's obviously an extremely polished offensive player. And I, I like his upside in the offensive end. But, um, you know, he seems to be the athlete that he is, which is very concerning for his, his defense is going to be really bad. Um, but yeah, like mm-hmm. if as long as he gets by Charlotte, I mean, Chicago at four, I don't think they there's a chance they take Obi Toppin, given that they already. Have they have they they've already invested in Laurie Marketing and Wendell Carter in terms of minutes at, as their developmental big. Um, so I, I so actually think... liked, um, and I'm not sure what odds you're seeing. I'm looking at Obi Toppin over 4.5 uh, minus 165. Um, mm-hmm. I thought that is a is a, is a, is a decent bet um, given that like. I I think it's highly likely that that your top three is Ball, Wiseman, Edwards in some order. Assuming Chicago is then picking at four, um, I don't think they go with a big. I think you're more likely at that four spot to see like a Denny Avdi or a Tyrese Halliburton. Um, so, so yeah. Would I think you go
0: uh, speaking top three? Who has a better chance of sneaking in Avdio or Toppin? Because they're both at like twelve to one odds.
1: I mean I would I would probably say Avdia I, I don't really see either of those guys happening but um you know people have said the warriors like Avdia I mean look maybe if 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 Wiseman's off the board at 3 and the Hornets really want to take a big I, I could still see Obi Toppin sliding in there you still if they but also not only would they have they want to take a big they have to have Toppin above on Yako on Gakwu which is not a consensus you know evaluation either so I have a really tough time seeing either of those those guys sliding in I think Avdia's ceiling is forward of the bulls most likely um top and I guess had a little more flexibility so top and more likely but neither of them likely at all in my opinion
0: okay let's continue with what we have on our mock draft yeah. so we have bulls at LaMelo ball we've pretty much covered that five Cavs. Uh, uh, our our super our Cavs super fan Matt Tusik took Avdia at number six the Hawks we have uh, Angoku going to them seven the Troy Pistons Halliburton going to them which I don't know that seems like a pretty decent pick for them Um, you can talk a little bit more about that in a second you talk you took at we gave you the Knicks you took Devin Vassell uh, how do you feel about that pick
1: yeah I felt good about it i was I was very torn between vassal and and uh okoro here at at eight for the Knicks um I thought this was and I, I talked about this in my blurb a little bit how I think for the Knicks I took just like you really need to get a solid starter here in this in this spot um they've like spent a lot of years reaching for upside and now that you kind of you have to invest in making this a good situation around RJ Barrett I'm not sold that RJ Barrett is the guy as our lead, as our lead, you know, creator going forward. But, um, you have, you, I don't think you can put another non-shooter into this lineup. It'll just be the disaster that the Knicks offense has been for the last five years just not getting enough shooting out there. So between Barrett and Mitchell Robinson, I, you know, I thought the two non-shooting spots are pretty much already spoken for. So I was looking for a high upside three and D support player here. Um, and Vassal, I, I trust his jumper a little more than Okoro. I think Okoro might be a little more athletic, a little more of a feisty on-ball defender. Um, but Vassal's just super long, rangy, um, you know, really, really nice defender and looks like he's going to be a good three-point shooter. Um, so I, mm. I, I like that pick.
0: Um, and then so we have our Okoro going right after your pick to the Wizards. Before we get to that, tell me what we think about Halliburton at seven to the Pistons. And just to give people a little perspective, uh, looking at his draft odds right now, for him to go over seven and a half is minus 180, under seven and a half is plus 140.
1: Yeah, I think Halliburton's a guy that's definitely rising up uh, the board right now, it seems like. Um, He's definitely known for being a really smart, tough player, like good culture guy who really will like buy in. So I think for teams that are like, Oh, we might want to win now. I think Halliburton is gaining some steam there. Um, you know, I like him as a player. I don't think he, he, he's probably not never going to be that like number one putting up numbers option. So again, just like, I think a really, really solid starter at guard, uh, kind of reminds me of maybe like a Malcolm Brogdon type, um, but I like. So, do you at, see him going
0: in the top seven?
1: Uh I, I, I do. I think he has. I think that's probably his range. I, it sounds like the Knicks would be happy to have him at eight. Um, so, I think his floor is. I don't see him falling out of the top ten. Definitely with. You know, somewhere in this like six, seven, eight, nine region, but don't really see the Hawks going taking him. Cavs seem to be locked in on Avdia or Okongwu, I think. Um, and they look like they're taking a big. They already have Garland and Sexton. So, yeah, I think seven, eight, nine is a sweet spot for Halliburton, actually. So maybe I would amend that, say likely no. Um, but I will say John Hollander reported today that the Pistons may have a promise out to Patrick Williams. Um, Patrick Williams is another Florida State wing. He is apparently that late riser who everyone is talking about right now. Insane athletic yeah. profile um, hasn't done much, you know, in terms of like proven numbers. I think he's still very young. Um, he's kind of like a well, we've three-
0: seen. We've seen the Pistons and their draft picks over the past decade. You don't know who they're going to draft. They 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 are going by their own board completely, and they pretty much need everything yeah, exactly. on their team. So I'm looking right now. at Patrick Williams uh, under. Eleven and a half is minus one thirty five over eleven and a half is minus one hundred five. I like that so under. It seems like the bookmakers aren't even quite sure what to make of him.
1: I like that under he seems like a guy who's gaining a lot of steam. Um he like really projects like he's like a six eight, absolutely yoked. Um, so I like that under eleven and a half. I think, you know, if, if Hollinger's right, he's going at seven the latest. Um, but even still I could see I definitely see like you know the Spurs are a team who they're definitely not afraid of taking a shot on a guy whose upside is his jumper because there are a lot of guys. You know, Vassel, Okoro, Patrick Williams, um, even even a guy like Achilles Hayes, um, who if you develop their jumper, they everything else about their game will fall into place. So. I think a Mm -hmm. lot of these teams are going to be like, oh yeah, we, you know, we believe in our own coaching staff, our own player development staff. Obviously, like if I'm the Knicks, (laughs) that's not like a realistic uh, thing to say. But um, I think a lot of people are going to talk themselves into physical profile is there. If we develop this jumper, this guy could be the next Jimmy Butler. This guy could be the next Kawhi Leonard. You know, this guy could be the next whoever. So, um, which is a dangerous way to think, but also you know, it has an extremely high upside if it does, if it does work out.
0: At Okoro, I'm seeing the odds over nine and a half at plus 155, under nine and a half at minus 220. So it seems like everybody is pretty certain he's going in the top nine.
1: Yeah, I think, I, I think he looks like he was a guy who was, you know, early on in the draft process, he was a candidate for a top three pick. Um, people were really high on him coming out of Auburn. I think, he's definitely had a quiet off season, you know, not much reporting about him. So maybe, maybe he's, I mean, there is so little reporting out there right now. I think most teams were very late to attend to the draft because you had all the fallout from the season going on hiatus. Then you were gearing Mm -hmm. up for the bubble and no one knew when the draft was going to be or what the draft would look like, or will they have workouts? So like, I think it's a very, very, very fluid situation across the league right now. Um, And that's why there's so many smoke screens out. And if you have to really parse through this reporting, no one has said a peep about Okoro. You know, does that mean that he's sneaky going high and he's trying to just lay low and that team's trying to lay low? Like, could the Bulls be targeting him at four? Definitely could see that. Um, Or or is he another guy who teams are souring on and just no one's talking about him because no one likes him? It's very hard to, to decide.
0: Yeah. So a guy I want to talk about next is the same guy that I drafted at our mock at number 10 to the Phoenix Suns, Killian Hayes. I have read so much positive press about him over the last couple weeks. I have never watched him play. He was He's a French player who was playing in the German League last year. He is projected as a as a amazing ball handler a great playmaker doesn't have much of a jump shot but is young enough to be able to still develop one um and bookmakers don't seem to know what to do because you can get odds at him at at first overall at 40 to 1 you can get odds at him at second or third overall at 22 to 1 and then I'm also looking at him at you can get uh, over six and a half minus one seventy, under six and a half plus one thirty. So, uh, explain to me why Killian Hayes is just all over the board here.
1: Yeah, he's an, another guy who it's very, very difficult to parse through the reporting. I think what's going on with Killian right now is that everybody kind of likes him, but nobody—he's nobody's favorite prospect. Like, I think mm-hmm. everybody is really intrigued by him. Um, but only after a certain number of other guys get off the board, will you have a team where he's actually the top guy on their board at that time. I think you look at he's Chicago has been rumored to like him. Um, So I think you have a ceiling as high as number four, um, but you also don't really know where the floor is. I mean, I, I think there there's been some talk that he's a guy who could drop out of the lottery. So when you combine that with the idea that, okay, teams at four like him, I know, the Bulls have been linked to him. The Pistons have been linked to him. The Knicks apparently like him. Um, so it will be very, very interesting to see. I, I don't think Cleveland or Atlanta is an option at five or six. Um, I doubt Washington's an option at, at nine. They, they seem like they want to get a piece to win now. So there is a lot of variance of where he could go. I'm not, I know, um, what's his face? Kevin O'Connor has him number one on his board. Um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Which I, I think is a little bit much. I think that's that's kind of him trying to be a little bit too much of a of a nerd. Uh, <laughs> I think that's
0: I think that's for clickbait. Yeah, I think, that, I think that's for clickbait too. Um,
1: look, I mean, the profile is there. Like high usage, high volume pick and roll guy. He has shown the ability to hit those you know step back jumpers, off the dribble jumpers, get to the rim, and but. I just don't know if I, if I see it um, from what I've heard, the league he played in was really, really, really weak. Um, and he basically was like, they were just, it was, it was almost a lamella ball esque situation where they only, it was all about him. He, he was able to do whatever he wanted, turn the ball over a ton. Wasn't really a, a
0: winning situation. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm. A what little do you bit, think about, you know, what would you think about my pick? How of his fit it with the Suns? Because my rationale being, because a, a a lot of mock drafts have the Suns maybe looking for another three and D guy. I feel pretty good about our three and D guys with Mikael Bridges, Kelly Oubre, Cameron Payne. We've got the young core. The guy who I feel like doesn't fit in is thirty year old Ricky Rubio. Okay, I don't. He doesn't. Ha- he doesn't fit with the timeline of our younger core. Killian Hayes can be a great fit next to Devin Booker in the backcourt cuz he has the height to defend the other team's best backcourt player. He can facilitate and he doesn't need to really shoot the 3 if he's got uh you know as much if he's got Booker and like a Cameron Payne out there who are high level three-point shooters.
1: Yeah, I think it's it's tough because while I agree with that, you I also I would rather have a more combo type next to Devin Booker. Like, I think Killian Hayes sees himself as like an all-you-can-eat pick-and-roll point guard. I think in Phoenix, you're not going to get that. I mean, Devin Booker is is likely to become that primary creator. I do agree with you. Rubio's not on the timeline, you know, either. But is Killian Hayes at 18, who's going to need probably two or three years to work out the kinks and adjust to
0: playing with elite talent for the first time in his career— um, He'd be coming off the bench for a couple of years. And I mean, just think about him in a pick and roll situation with DeAndre Ayton. I mean, that's dangerous.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I see that vision. Um if I'm Phoenix, I would much rather um if I'm Phoenix, I mean I, I think I'm trying to at least like put together a team that can potentially win now. You know, I don't I don't think you're like putting championship expectations on you, but if you make Killian Hayes part of the future, I think you're sort of while I admit you might be raising your upside. I think you are sort of setting yourself back a couple of years. Um, you know, maybe I I, I don't really, I think Killian Hayes is obviously a great unknown in this draft. I'm not as high as I'm So who as some is others. the, who um, is, but yeah, who,
0: the at 10, who is the most win now player that could be available at 10?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think Halliburton would be perfect if he drops Vassal, I like Okoro. I like more than Hayes. And then you dip below that. I mean, like someone like a Sadiq Bay, who, um, who, Zach Sims took for the Pelicans. I mean, he he's a ridiculous like three point sharpshooter on the wing, solid solid defender, um, and yeah, I mean, I I, I see what you mean, and I I just don't think the point guards in this draft are that good. I mean. If you pass on on Killian, then it goes to like Kira Lewis, um,
0: I guess. R.J. Hampton. Some people really like his speed. I keep reading.
1: Yeah, people really I like his curious. speed. I, I, I think the guards are really hit or miss, um, which is which is definitely concerning. I, I don't like the. I don't personally like the plan of like slotting in a point guard who's expected to help you win. Now I think it's a lot of pressure. Like I think if you're someone like Lamelo Ball. Or Killian A's for that matter, I would rather go to a, a losing situation where you can just run as many pick and rolls as you want every single night, have the wherewithal to fail and learn the position, and then you know by your second or third year, then you're starting to become good and your team is rising with you. Um, I, I personally would rather like plug and play wings, and then maybe you flip Ricky Rubio for you know a slightly younger but also a wing a win now type player like. Would you would you trade Ricky Rubio in the tenth pick for Derek White from the Spurs? I'd do that. Yeah, like something like a move like that. I think would be more. I would feel more comfortable with that than like putting Killian Hayes on your banner next to Devin Booker and DeAndre and saying like this is our future because I think that'd be a really tough situation for Killian Hayes to step into.
0: Okay. Well, let's jump ahead to the other pick you made in our mock draft of course we had to give you the Denver Nuggets pick at number 22 explain to me why you picked Xavier Tillman a wing out of Michigan State
1: yeah so he he's a, he, he should be a big uh he be mar- he, he's he's kind of like a a, a four um, he's a 4-5 i think he's definitely projected as a big 6-9 really big frame played center at Michigan State um you know one of my favorite players in the draft um, I'm I'm a big Michigan fan, obviously, but ton of respect for Michigan State basketball. Super tough program. Tillman is a phenomenal defender, as is really experienced player. Played three years in Michigan State, so really really good defender and really good playmaker on offense. Um, and I, I wrote in my blurb like, as with any as with any big man, their upside offensively will go as their three point shot goes. But I thought. For the Nuggets, um, I think they do. The one change I I would make is addressing backup center. Mason Plumlee Mm -hmm. was really bad in the playoffs. I think Coach Malone thought he was better than everyone else realized he was. He obviously had that huge (laughs) defensive lapse against the Lakers, allowing for the Anthony Davis uh, game-winning buzzer-beater three in game three there. Um, And just throughout the playoffs, I mean, they were a nightmare when Jokic left the floor. So I think you want to get younger at backup big and... Tillman is is a, a perfect guy to learn under Jokic because they're sli- they're slightly similar players. Um, really good passers, ball handlers, ball movers, that kind of thing. Um, and, Tillman
0: can play the five?
1: Yeah, Tillman can definitely play the five. Um, he's played it in college, and he ha- has really good size. Uh, def- an older, stronger player. Um, and look, he and what I like about that Denver system, too, is you know, if you have Jeremy Grant and Michael Porter Jr. flying around alongside you, it's there's less of a premium on pure size. Um, maybe maybe you have Paul Mills up on that rotation too. Definitely a lot in flux in Denver. But yeah, I thought I really was happy about this pick. Um I think it addressed a big need for Denver. Um, but th- I will say that did raise one bet that I do like is um mm-hmm. Big Ten players drafted in the first round over one and a half. Um, had that at plus one fifty. Um, I think t- I think Tillman definitely gets in, and I think from there you look at a guy like Cassius Winston. We had we had three players from the Big Ten go in our first round, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, right? Yeah, we had Jalen Smith from yep. Maryland. Um, so yeah, so I I, I think that that's good. there's good value there. I think Tillman almost certainly gets in. I think Cassius Winston probably gets in, and then I think Jalen Smith. Yeah, we have him going
0: in twenty-three to. Utah, Cassius.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think that's at plus money. It's definitely not a lock, but I think the value is definitely on over there.
0: Um, looking at, uh, I was uh, earlier, I was reading around, there's, there's not a lot out there right now on NBA draft props that you can find, but one best bet from Odd Shark is uh, Cole Anthony draft position under 20 and a half. They got that on Bovada at plus 105. We had Cole Anthony going, I believe, 26th to the Celtics as the Celtics' uh, second pick. Um, Where are you on Cole Anthony?
1: Yeah, I mean, Cole Anthony's a guy who saw his stock drop a lot this season. Uh, he, He came in as, like, arguably the most heralded guy in this class. And, you know, his... He, he had an up and down year at North Carolina. Definitely was marked by injuries. He also, you know, they were they weren't a great team. He wasn't able to carry them either. Um, I I I I I don't really know. I think by the by where his stock is at right now, I would say he doesn't get into the top twenty. Um, and that's mm-hmm. that's what happened in our in our NBA draft guide, in our NBA mock draft. But also you have that sort of early stock which was really high and would have had him in a lock to go into top 20 so you know there's are there definitely some teams out there who trend more towards that initial evaluation than to the one that's been sort of maybe a little bit overblown with with how bad the situation was at North Carolina and he dealt with injuries Um, I would probably say more likely that he falls out of the top 20 but I would not be surprised at all if someone you know snags him
0: Okay. So would you take that plus I would not 105? I I would okay. stay away
1: from that. I think that's you I think stay away. Look, I mean I, I I think it's tough for for betting because usually what you're doing at this point is you have a pretty good idea of each player's range based on, you know, reporting a you that you think is legit. Uh, but this year there's just so little out there. I mean the the one thing I do feel confident enough in to want to bet is that Lamella ball is going first overall in this draft. Um, (laughs) Like for a guy like Cole Anthony, I mean, there's no news out there on, you know, what his range is, where, like where he Mm -hmm. could fall. So I think you're really throwing darts at a board. So I I would be careful with a lot of these bets. Um, Unless you have read something out there that's reported, you know, and I not, not to offend any of the listeners, but like, you're not going to get into the mind of a GM and like, I I I wouldn't bet based on what you think a GM might do. I would look for reporting that backs up mm-hmm. your idea of what a player's range is.
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, do you have our mock in front of you right yeah, there? Yeah. Um, are there kind of rounding out here because we've been going for a little bit? Uh, is there? Are, and and again, all of our listeners can go read the entire mock with all of the. Uh, writers who took the different players. they all have explanations for each of them, so you can make your own choices. I will put as many draft odds, like props, within each player that I can find. And this will be a living document all the way up to the draft. I'll keep changing it based on things we hear, have the lines move. So make sure to keep checking that out at sportsgamingpodcast.com. Are there any names there that really stand out in the late after after the top 10 are there any names there that stand out good or bad went way too high or went way too low
1: um let me look i think definitely one thing i i do want to say i think okongwu okongwu's absolute floor is number nine to the wizards in my opinion um like they badly need a defensive center um and he would fit that perfectly i think they're looking to address needs that Bradley Beal wants them to address. That's kind of their priority of the franchise. So I don't know what the betting odds are, but I do not think Okongwu gets out past nine. Um, I'll start with okay. that. Other picks I liked, um, Desmond Bain to the Heat at number 21. He's definitely a name that's gained a lot of traction in the draft process, similar to Halliburton, supposed to be a, you know, a great team guy, all that plus really, really good jump shot. Um, and kind of projects to be that, that three and D type player. Um, so I think he's a guy who could be, who could potentially be rising, um, as we, as we head towards the draft, maybe into that late lottery or, or mid mid teens. Um, Tyler Bay. I saw, I saw, uh, Ryan Kramer took him, um, another super athletic type player. Um, So I could see him potentially rising. I liked that pick a lot by, uh, by Kramer. Yeah. He
0: has. Yeah. Kramer picked him at number 27 to the Knicks.
1: Yep. And, and yeah, so you can see him
0: going a lot higher.
1: I don't see him necessarily going a lot higher. And it's definitely, I liked the pick Um, super athletic type player and like fits that modern big type type role. Um, so that's one i that's one that caught my eye um but yeah I mean like there are so many names that are kind of flying around um you know across the board like so I, I think it's gonna be really I, one name that I, I guess did not come off the board in our in our draft was tyrell Terry from from Stanford um mm-hmm. he's up uh, I think he's in the top 10 for Kevin O'Connor um I was checking out that you said that in the in the slay, yeah, Kevin O'Connor had him at number eight, um, so maybe he could be a guy that's that's definitely um, has a chance to either go higher than we had him in the SGPN mock draft, or make some draft uh, Twitter personalities look really bad if he doesn't.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, that yeah, that would look make us look bad if we don't even have him on our draft. Okay. <laughs> so, rapid fire responses from you right now to end this. I'm gonna throw out some draft props at you and just. Knee jerk. Tell me if you like the bet or not. Okay. 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 ACC players taken in the first round. Over five and a half is plus two twenty five. Under five and a half is minus three fifty. Is that a lock that six ACC players will be taken in the first round?
1: Um, not a lock to me. But I, I, so I have to look would, into it more.
0: You'd be willing. You'd be willing to take the. Uh, Oh wait, okay. So I was reading that. So it's definitely not. Uh, I was reading that a little different. I was <laughs> I was looking at the over under a little wrong. Over is plus is five and a half at plus two twenty five. So it would not be a lock. that it would be over. Uh, it would be six. Under five and a half minus three fifty. So it seems like bookmakers definitely think there's no way that. Uh, more than five ACC players would be taken in the first round. Yeah, I would agree. I, I with don't that. see
1: that not getting over five. I mean you have you have Vassal, you have Williams, you have Cole Anthony are like the the three, I guess, locks. I wouldn't even put Cole Anthony as a lock. Um mm-hmm. so yeah, I would definitely take that under, but sounds like the odds would not be great.
0: Big ten players in the taken in the first round. Over one and a half plus one fifty under one and a half minus two hundred. Which side do you like?
1: Yeah, I like that over. I threw that out earlier. Definitely think you get Tillman, and hopefully you get Cassius or Jalen Smith um, sneaking in. But I think yeah, I think Jalen Smith is a guy who could definitely um, be considered close to a first round lock right now. As I, as as I look across the uh, various mock draft universe, yeah, I, I actually like that that a lot. I would consider that one of the best bets so far. Over one and a half it- Big Ten.
0: International players taken in the top ten. Over three and a half is at plus three fifty. Under three and a half is at minus six hundred.
1: I gotta say. I think under, right? I mean, so who is it? It's it would be it would have to be Killian, it would have to be Denny, would be would be your first two. Mm -hmm.
0: Mm Mm-hmm.
1: And then who else would have to I mean yeah I think I think under for sure. Unless I'm missing someone who went to college but is international. I guess Poku yeah. had a chance to sneak in.
0: Yeah, I'm just looking at this. It seems like you're right. It's gotta be
1: It's gotta be under.
0: It's gotta be under. Minus six hundred that they seem pretty sure that it's under. Yeah. Okay, the last one I'm gonna throw at you. Duke players taken in the first round. Over two and a half at plus 400 under two and a half minus 700.
1: Yeah. Again, I mean, the odds aren't great, but I definitely think under is the play here. Um, I'm trying to, th- it would be Trey Jones would be one of them. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I can't, I think mean, Cassius Stanley would have Can to sneak it, into the first round. I, I, I think definitely under there.
0: Yeah. I can't even think of any other than those two. Okay. Um, We've gone for just about an hour, so we should wrap things up. We'll be back next Tuesday, but before that, is there anything you want to throw out there right now, Zach? Um,
1: no. I mean, I think as more draft props come out, we'll just definitely be breaking them down on Slack, um, and then I guess mm-hmm. next next week will be right before the draft, um, and we'll have we'll ha- we'll have more bets hopefully to look at, maybe more. More rumors to, to break down and reporting to look at. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And if you have ideas for things you want us to discuss specifically about the draft, put it in our Slack channel, sg.pn slash slack, or hit me up on Twitter at the Ryan McKee. Hit Zach up on Twitter at NBA Zach B. We will do our best to uh, incorporate all of your ideas and. I'm um, certainly looking for some more input from the SGPN community on, on on what bets we'll be looking at. I'm excited to see where this draft goes because it really just does seem like a bit of an anarchy draft where we have no idea who's going where.
1: Yeah, it, it's definitely gonna be it's definitely gonna be really fun to to have Twitter up for the, for the next couple of weeks
0: absolutely okay so Zach and I will be back next week and uh, I forgot to mention Zach congratulations on both of us not having to go to an underbound ground bunker last week's show oh we yeah did. exactly we were a little scared before the draft before the election but uh we're both okay uh until next week